You're listening to Project Podcast, a platform to bring local youth stories to life. No topic is too weird or off limits. If it's interesting, you'll hear about it. A 4RFM community radio initiative. Take it away, kids. Before we begin today's podcast, let's start with some introductions. Take it away, team. Hi, I'm Piper and I'm from Moranbai State School. I wanted to be a part of Project Podcast because I really enjoy discovering new things and interviewing and talking with people. I like to barefoot water ski in my spare time and I want to be a marine biologist when I finish school. Hi, my name is Frankie and I'm from Year 6 at Moranbai East. I love to play with my dogs after school and on weekends. I also do dancing and I joined the Project Podcast because I thought it would be cool to make a podcast. Hi, my name is John and before we get started, I think you should get to know me. I've just started to do podcasts and been playing basketball since 2016. I'm in year 6 at Marumba East and when I finish school, I want to be a pro basketball player. And lastly, my name is Riley. I love everything to do with music and football. I'm in year 6 at Moomba State School where my favourite subject is Japanese. Now that you've got to know us, let's get on with the podcast. Welcome to episode 5, season 2 of 4RFM's Project Podcast, an episode we have called Zoomania. We have brought together four kids from Moranbah schools to investigate the story behind the Moranbah Zoo. Yes, the Moranbah Zoo. Not many young people know that there used to be a little zoo in the Moranbah Town Square, right where the council building sits now. We looked for information on the internet and googled everything we could think of, but there wasn't much to be found, so we reached out to the local community. We each thought of a question and posted it on Facebook. Thankfully, lots of people reached out with answers, so we had to start. We also went on an excursion to the Moranbah Library, where the librarians gave us a folder with old newspaper clippings and photographs relating to the zoo. We had a former Moranbah zookeeper call into the radio and tell us stories from her years working with the animals and looking after the grounds. A teacher at our Moranbah State School also had great memories of the zoo that she was able to share with the state kids. It was very clear that the Moranbah Zoo was a great place to visit for families from here and from out of town. Although it was only very small, there were lots of different kinds of animals in the zoo. And from what we heard, the amount of animals could change overnight. The zoo opened in 1980 and was closed in 1997. Over that time, it was home to lots of different kinds of birds, native animals, turtles and even monkeys. After weeks of researching and asking questions, we finally had enough information to put together our investigation in Moomba Zoo. We hope you enjoy it. Zoo Fact did you know that you can actually own a capybara as a pet in Texas and that's why I want to move to Texas when I'm older? Okay, now crossing to our first investigator, Piper. Today I'm going to talk to you about the native animals that were kept in the old Moranbah Zoo. I would like to give a big thanks to everyone that helped and gave us a hand to help us find all the information and things we needed to make this podcast happen. 
Some native animals that were kept at the Moorumbah Zoo over the years were koalas, kangaroos, a wombat and some native birds. These animals weren't born in the zoo, so were captured and put there. Sometimes they were put there overnight, and the zookeepers would come in in the morning and find that they had more animals than they did the night before. There is not much information to be found on this, but we did find this story by Chris Griffith that was published in the Sunday Mail in 1996. About the book Nothing But Scrub by Alan Murray, published in the same year. He says, One of the book's light-hearted yarns is the establishment of Moorumbah Zoo opened in 1980 by the Primary Industries Minister, Mike Ahern. The zoo became an administrative nightmare, particularly when the locals tried to import monkeys into the relatively treeless central Queensland Zoo. It took local MP and the member of Beliendo Vince Lester to cut the red tape and get the monkeys in. It ranks long among Lester's many colourful achievements. Understandably, the zoo's two koalas were later acquired in less formal circumstances. One mysteriously appeared on a coal stockpile at Pig Downs. The other one was put over the fence into the zoo one night. There was no paperwork. We talked to the local wildlife carer, Ella Harker, and she told us about how dangerous it is to take native animals into captivity, especially putting them with other animals. Native animals can carry diseases that other animals don't have, and they can also be very unpredictable. Even though they don't look like they would be dangerous, Ella said she has lots of scars from caring for koalas, who can scratch and bite very hard. Kangaroos can also get very territorial and angry around people, especially when they are looking for a girlfriend. Other native animals were given to the zoo to be cared for after accidents or when no one else could care for them. You can tell that all of this happened a long time ago before rules about wildlife came in. It is definitely for the best to leave native animals care to the experts. There are wildlife carers in almost every town, and if this is something that you're interested in doing, you can easily study to become a carer and earn all the permits and requirements you need to be able to legally and safely care for all sorts of animals. I would like to be a wildlife carer when I get older because I love animals, but the best place for wild animals to be is in the wild. I still wish that I got to see more in Bazoo, though. Zoo fact! Capybaras are also semi-aquatic, which means they live in the water and out of water. Over to John. Alright, let's start talking about where the animals came from and why they left. After a trip to Moomba Library and talking to Mrs. Angle, who was a zookeeper at the Murumba Zoo. I've learnt that the monkeys came from the Taronga Zoo. They were flown in to Murumba after a very long campaign by a local politician to get them into our little town. These monkeys were crab-eating macaques and a species that are native to Southeast Asia, so they, they were a very long way from their native environment. Like Piper said, the other native animals were mostly from the local area and from our Facebook posts we learnt that some of the animals were even unwanted pets. Sometimes when people had too many guinea pigs they would slip them in through slots in the fence 
giving them a new home in the zoo. We also heard this happened with rabbits and talking to people who remember visiting the zoo when they were younger. Everyone seems to remember the guinea pigs and rabbits. We heard about someone putting their pet turtle in the pond with other turtles, and from what we heard from Miss Engel, there were plenty in there already. She told us about having to clean the pond when it got dirty, and even though the turtles were often walking all around the zoos, as soon as she would start to drain the pond, they would all come running back in, making it very difficult to clean and impossible to drain, as they would get sucked over the plug hole and block it. She spent a lot of time pushing turtles out of the way. There was a goat that turned up one day. Someone threw their chickens over the fence, and there was also a story about a sheep turning up inside. The fence that surrounded the zoo clearly wasn't very high or very secure. They're probably lucky more animals didn't run away. As for where all the animals went, we're not 100% sure. There are few conspiracy theories circling about the monkeys that mostly come from a cruel attack on them in 1991, where some people broke into the zoo, attacked the monkeys with a pair of gardening scissors. There are a few newspaper articles on this event that talk about how sad it was and how the local vet was able to treat the monkeys who both recovered. We heard from Frankie's dad that the person responsible was eventually caught. I hope he also caught some kind of bad monkey disease. No one can really tell us for sure whether the monkeys whose names were Loopy, Big Mac, also known as Max, Jimbo, another one, of where they went after the zoo closed. But we did read that they went to Rockhampton Zoo, which we hope is true. The rest of the animals, who knows? What do I think happened? I think the animals were secretly imported to Murumba from Africa and then that the African government didn't realise then. But now that they have, they are going to sue Murumba for stealing their animals and giving them to other zoos. You never know. <coughs> zoo fact. Capybara is the world's largest rodent. Now it's time for Frankie. Today I will be telling you about the birds that lived at the Murrumbah Zoo. The information I have found was very limited, but it seems as though there was a large array of different birds that lived in the aviary, in smaller cages, and that just come and went as they pleased from the zoo grounds. Thanks to the people who answered my question on Facebook and the former zookeeper Mrs Engel, we learned that there were white and black cockatoos, red and green winged king parrots, quails, peacocks, feehens, pink galahs, guinea fowls and blue with yellow belly kingfisher. Most of the birds were free range living on the zoo grounds. They would muster them all up every now and then to clip their wings so they didn't fly away. However, we heard that the peacocks would often fly out of the zoo to visit the local swimming pool and cool off. Some interesting things about the peacocks was that they had to keep their numbers to five at a time while they were in the zoo. When there were too many, they'd be killed and given to staff to eat. I had no idea people ate peacocks, but apparently in Moranbah in the 80s, people ate them all the time. Peacocks also love chili. 
and they zoo grew chili plants for them to snack on while they wandered around the zoo. While they were wandering around the zoo, they also loved to tease the monkeys and would apparently like to walk back and forth past the monkey cage, trailing their feathers across the bars, which would drive the monkeys crazy. Mrs. Angle told us a story about the little monkey, Loopy, being too quick for one of the peacocks one day and tearing out a few of its big tail feathers. There are a few flocks of peacocks and guinea fowl that you can see wandering around the town today, and they are descendants of the Morumbah Zoo. The kingfisher probably like to come in and feed from the turtle pond, and the green parrots would fly in every afternoon for a feed, after visiting a few of the places in town that would also put out food. The cockatoos had an aviary for themselves, and the ducks would annoy the zookeepers by pooping in the turtle pond and messing up their water. They had arrived to the zoo overnight, same as the chickens, and when we talked to Ella Harker, the wildlife carer, she told us that mixing domestic and wild birds together is never a good idea. They probably didn't know any better then, but lots of wild birds in Moranbah have a disease called PBFD. It is highly contagious. The most famous bird of the Moranbah Zoo was definitely the cockalaw, which was a cockatoo crossed with a galah that was donated to the zoo from a local resident. He was the only one who could talk and had his own special cage of his own. He was a bit of a biter and the man who donated him did so because the cockalaw nearly bit his toe off. He could say Polly want a cracker and a few other things and was the favourite of the zookeepers when they didn't have to clean his cage. Other birds probably flew in and out as they liked, and the pigeons clearly weren't very smart, as lots of the time they ended up as dinner for the monkeys, who would leave the bird skeletons on the floor of the cage to be swept out by the zookeepers. It sounds like a pretty wild zoo. <coughs> zoo fact. Capybara's teeth never stop growing. Now it's time for me, Riley, to tell you what I think happened to the monkeys from the zoo. I have no idea what happened to them or where they went, but I know they went somewhere. What do you guys think? This was a pretty interesting assignment. We didn't even know there was a zoo here in Moranbah until we started this podcast. We hope you all learned something interesting from today. We are going to go around now and say what we found the most interesting, weird, gross or unbelievable from all the things we learned during our research. I like that the zookeeper Miss Angle taught Max to use a drinking straw. She felt sorry for him as he was in a cage all by himself. So she would share her hot coffee with him when it was cold and her cold drinks with him in the summer. I found out that Loopy was a very vicious monkey because he was attacked by Big Mac when he was a baby. One time a preschool class came to the zoo as an excursion and when they were looking at the monkeys, a pigeon came too close to the monkey cage and Loopy bit its head off. I hate that people attack the monkeys. How cruel of them to do that. They cut one of their tongues and cut off some of their fingers. That's just so sad. I think it's crazy that people donated most of the animals to the zoo especially because they had to put lots of the rabbits down due to diseases. Well, that's our episode of Zoomania done. Stay tuned to 4RFM for the next Project podcast. Until then, look after your monkeys. <laughs>